Hi everyone, welcome to this new episode of the Players' Lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan, I am a former professional tennis player, and I launched this podcast because I wanted to create a space in which tennis players could find tools and solutions in order to improve their mental game. But this podcast is not only for tennis players, it is also for parents and coaches whose ambition is to help their players and children to reach their full potential. If you are a regular listener of the Players' Lounge podcast, thank you so much for your support. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. And at the end of the episode, if you like what you hear, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave five stars. It will really help me to increase the podcast visibility and to grow the Players' Lounge community. But if you're not on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, no worries. You can also listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Amazon Prime, and Deezer, and many more. All right. Wimbledon, it's a wrap. And the least we can say is that it was a unique addition. A lot of what was going on before the tournament with the fact that Russian players and players from Belarus were not allowed to play the tournament. The fact that the ATP and WTA Tour decided not to give any points and... Serena's comeback and Roger uh, Federer coming to center court. There was a lot of great moments and exciting games throughout the tournament. Of course, we're going to talk about uh, Novak Djokovic, our fourth win in a row in Wimbledon and 21st Grand Slam and, uh, and the surprising win of uh, Liana Rybakina. And in today's episode, I really want to share the lessons, the mental lessons that uh, you can learn from the four finalists, uh, Djokovic, Rybakina, Onjaber, Nick Kyrgios. Well, we start with Djokovic. Like I said before, uh, it was unique to see uh, Djokovic winning his fourth Wimbledon in the room. I mean, the guy hasn't lost on center court since 2013, and it's just incredible to to see him winning his 30, 21st, sorry, I said 31st, maybe <laughs> it will happen someday, who knows, but 21st uh, Grand Slam. And I want to share the lessons that you can uh, take from Novak Djokovic uh, winning. First of all, I will say with how to be resilient when you are facing a tough, very difficult situation. Well, we've all, um, we all remember what happened at the Australian Open. Djokovic came, thought he was going to play, didn't play in the end, was kicked out of the country. And it created a lot of uh, chaos in the media, everywhere. And the least we can say is that it was not an easy solution. Whether you like Djokovic or not, I'm not here for that. I'm just talking uh, as a human being, having to face this must be very difficult. And in the first tournaments that he played the when he came back from this situation, well, we haven't seen, we hadn't seen the, you know, the dominant Djokovic that uh, has, has been really, uh, I mean, killing the game for, for the past couple of years. And uh, he actually had uh, interviews in which he explained that it was extremely difficult, that uh, he thought that it was going to be okay, but after a while he realized that you no, know, mentally it really took a toll on him and uh, that the only thing that he could do was to accept it. And I think that sometimes when we are facing a, a tough situation, we, we tend to want to be um, all tough and say, no, this is not going to affect me, but it does. And actually sometimes just 
taking a step back and saying, okay, I'm affected by it. This is difficult. It doesn't mean that you are giving up on yourself. Actually, it means that you are ready to face this tough situation, that you are ready to, to see how you can find solutions and what are the best solutions for that given situation. And in this situation, he said the best I could do was just to be patient, to be patient and to, to believe in myself, to use my experience and know that if I was uh, remaining positive, if I was try continuing to do the work with my team, eventually I would get an opportunity. So in those kind of situations, I think being patient is very important, but that doesn't mean just being patient and not do anything and not taking any action. In uh, Novak Djokovic's case, what we see is that not only was patient, had to, to let the storm go away and then focusing on the work, even though he didn't know when he was going to play, when he was going to be uh, the next tournament, and he just stay focused and wait for an opportunity. And uh, he, was, he came up short at the French Open, but then he was able to, to get the win at Wimbledon. So that's the number one lesson. Then second one is how to stay calm and grab opportunities to win. Definitely the final was such a great example. We have Nick Kyrgios who played incredible tennis for two weeks, who actually had beaten uh, Djokovic the past uh, two times they played against each other and came, uh, I think, in the final with really the, the belief that he could do it. Of course, he had this great serve, I mean, incredible serve that helped him to, to get off a very difficult situation throughout the final, but, but most importantly, throughout the whole tournament. And I think that for Djokovic, it was at the beginning uh, very difficult because Kyrgios was, was serving like crazy and he was just had to stay calm because it can be very frustrating when you have someone in front of you who just like drops bombs and, and serves and aces even on second serve or, or when you have a break point. So I think he was, he was extremely patient and he just stayed calm. And it was interesting because uh, we, we saw that up until 4-all in the third and 40-love, that, that game that when Kyrgios was up and then kind of lost his focus and then just decided to... And then next thing you know, Djokovic got the break and then was able to, to win... Uh, um, six four, but until then it was it was pretty um, pretty balanced, and um, I'm I'm really focusing on that because when uh, Goran Ivanovic, uh, Djokovic's coach, was uh, asked, okay, how did you uh, prepare for this match? He said, well, you cannot prepare against Nikirgios because he's a genius. He doesn't even know what he's going to do before playing the point, which is which is kind of true. But he said, what we did is that we focused. On, the, on what we had to do. And we knew that we had to be patient and to wait for an opportunity. And uh, Djokovic said, I had to wait for the moment where he was going to maybe start talking to his box, which is what he did. Uh, if you look at the game, at four in the third, he gets upset, Kyrgyz starts talking to his box. And then that's the moment Djokovic was like, okay, that's my cue. That's the moment I have an opportunity that really I need to be asked. I need to stay focused to make that return, to make sure that, you know, I put the ball in play. And his strategy throughout the match was pretty simple. It was uh, to play as many balls as possible to make him move because we all know that Djokovic is the greatest when it comes to uh, play long rallies. I mean, uh, I mean, apart from Rafa, who's the only guy who was also able to do that with that level of intensities. These guys are really good. They know that the longer the points, 
the more chances they get. And that's what he was able to do throughout the match, little by little, when he was starting to play those serves, the, um, start to play those returns back and to, to be able to put the ball in play. He definitely got an edge over and over to um, over Kyrgios. So that's the 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 lesson and, and really if you if you have time I, I encourage you I, I published an episode like a while ago when I talk about uh, Djokovic ability I, I called uh, his ability shock empathy it really smells the the blood it, it sounds a bit brutal like this but it really smells the the weakness of of uh, his opponent the moment when the um, the player in front of him start to be a bit more vulnerable he never misses that and he always uses that to his advantage to get the win so that's what something you want to do if you play someone who who hit winners and then who just like drop serves you you aces left and right you want to really stay patient and say okay what is my goal what do i need to do what is my strategy and to really stay focused on that not looking at too much what's happening on the side and wait for an opportunity so that was lesson number two. Lesson number three, uh, it was how to absorb your opponent's strength. And I think that's pretty much I've already kind of answered that in the in the previous point. Uh, we all know that the Nikyagyo serve is incredible and that uh, he is able to, to get so many points, whether it's on first or second serve. And, and Djokovic was extremely patient. He had a strategy. He, knows, he knew exactly what he had to do. He knew that, okay, I'm going to stay extremely focused play those return back and then just put the ball in play. That's what I need to do. And he focused first serve. He was not very successful, but we saw that little by little on second set, he had a, a kind of an easy game. And then on the third set, he was able to, to just play the return. And that's that's something that you want to do because next thing you know, you start to play those returns. And then what is the opponent telling himself or herself? Oh, wow, I have to serve a bit bigger. I have to go a bit faster. And that's when they start missing. And that's when they start to get frustrated. And then next thing you know, that's how you get the break. So you want to really do that by remaining calm to analyze and say, okay, how can I um, destroy my opponent's strength by making the return, by being patient, by playing deep, by making sure that they, he or she doesn't get any free points. So that was very smart to do. Moving on to Elena Rybakina, definitely the, the surprise, a surprise winner, winner. I didn't see that one coming. I had a seen play before. I knew that she had really great potential. I think uh, the, 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 on the only match I've, I've watched entirely of her was when she beat Serena a couple of years back in the French Open. And I was already like, wow, how come this girl is not top 10? Uh, because to me, she, she definitely has a game similar to... Um, what's her name, um, Pliskova, Karola Pliskova, or um, Ariana Zabalenka, and then she definitely should be there. And then I understood, because, uh, and then I understood, but I, I'm not saying that in, in a mean way, but uh, I, I was like, okay, that's what's missing. When I watched the final against Anjabeur, and the first set um, especially, she was missing a lot, you know, when she had to come to the net, and then the volleys were... At the beginning of the first set, they were horrendous. <laughs> and it was really like, okay, that's why she's not top 10, because she's not coming to the net, she's just hitting balls. Well, but she's very afraid to come to the net, and, and Jabeur was very smart to do that in the first set. And uh, I, the reason why I'm saying that is because what happened next is, to me, extremely impressive. And that's why I really want to commend uh, Rybakina, because she was brave. And, and really, she got out of a comfort zone, because... Anjabeur was hitting drop shots and then like making Rebakina come to the net and then Rebakina had to hit volleys, which she didn't like. 
But starting from the second set, she accepted that. She accepted that she had, she will have to come to the net to actually win the match. She accepted that she would have to get out of her comfort zone to, to win those points. And she did it brilliantly. She was extremely good. Uh, she, at the first, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit rocky, but at the end of the third set, you could see her voluntarily coming to the net to hit those, uh, those, uh, those winner volley which was uh, really impressive to see so I really want to to say congrats for for being able to change a mindset to accept that okay sometimes to win matches you will need to adopt strategies that you are not used to and that's what she did beautifully and uh, and really like congrats she was she was able to make that mental shift which leads me to my second point which is how to get rid of the stress uh, and win matches we we saw that uh, the beginning of first set of the final she was extremely um, nervous she didn't move well she was uh, uh, she was struggling but one of the good things with Elena Rybakina is that she is always very calm, something that we can all take inspiration from. A coach said that that's actually a really a biggest strength. She's able to remain calm in very um, stressful moments. And we saw that that it really helped and it really made a difference at the end, where, uh, whereas Anjabeur was... Uh, um, more vibrant and maybe more excited, but perhaps sometimes too much. Rebakina was able to come and, and stay collected. And after the match, she said, well, I was super nervous. And then I told myself, it's on your tennis match. Easy, you will say. You will tell me, yes, Jennifer, okay, great. That's easy to say. But that's what, hap- what she, she said next. That's very interesting. She said, it's just a tennis match. And I believe that... Um, I will have more opportunities to do that and to win, to be in a Grand Slam final and to win more. And that, that, I think, took away the pressure because sometimes people say, oh, that's the chance of my lifetime. And if you believe that, that you will not be able to replicate that performance, of course, you're going to be stressed. And of course, every shot is going to feel like it's a life or death situation when when you are able to have this confidence, that's of course something that you need to build. But she was able to say, okay, look, what do I need to do? I need to be focused on fighting for every ball and I will have opportunities again. I have to believe that I will have opportunities. I have to believe that if it doesn't happen today, it will happen next year or next month uh, at the US somewhere else. And that's something that is, is important to be able to, to believe in yourself, to say, okay, it doesn't matter. Even when I'm on bigger stage, of course, it's great. I can make history. I can win a Grand Slam or I can win even for if it's a, for a big tournament. It doesn't mean you don't need to, to be playing a Grand Slam tournament to make that shift. But to understand that you will have opportunities. Something that I was always telling myself was if I was able to do it once, I can do it twice. And I know that it sounds a bit silly, but that's something that was helping me to sometimes okay you miss a match point or you miss a set point that means that okay if I was able to do it once I can do it again it was not just luck I did something to get up to that opportunity let me do that again let me believe that I can do that uh, so that's definitely something that you want to learn from Elena Rybakira but again congrats because what a player I mean really I, I discovered her and I actually enjoyed watching her play and I, I really hope that we will see her more in in the future tournaments 
Moving on to Nick Kyrgios. Okay, so no need to introduce Nick Kyrgios, uh, one of the most charismatic players on tour, uh, very uh, polarizing personality. Either you love the guy or either you hate the guy. I don't think there's just a middle. But I think that in that um, in those past two weeks, we we all loved watching him play. We all loved the way he carried himself and and on the court. And I wanted to talk about about him because the the point is is a bit in two two faced. It's it's really about how to get uh, in the head of your opponent and uh, how to be able to to stay calm and what to do when when a player is provocating you. The reason why I'm talking um, I'm I want to focus on that is because most most of us have seen the the match between uh, Titipas and Kyrgios, or where maybe just the highlights. Uh, actually, I, I just watched the highlights. And definitely there was a lot of tension, and uh, and we can definitely say that uh, Kyrgios got into uh, Titipas' head and he was able to to literally like uh, make him just so mad. And um, the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this is because in, in, some, in some cases, uh, you will be able to get into your opponent's head by by doing something, it, it doesn't mean that you have to to be to be rude or to do something uh, to cheat on the, on the court. But sometimes when you when you opponent see that if you see that your uh, your opponent gets upset when you are um, cheering cheering yourself up, hey, you might want to do it again because you're not doing anything wrong. Everything that is allowed, you can use that to your advantage. And uh, that's what happened in the game. Actually, uh, I think I think that Tsipas was frustrated because he is starting to have a losing streak against uh, Kyrgios, and then he, he got he got really pissed off. And and uh, and unfortunately, his ego got the best of him, and and he lost track of match. When and it's a pity because uh, Tsipas is always such a great player to to watch. And uh, but what happened was was a bit uh, was a bit crazy. I haven't seen the whole match, and then. I just saw the, the press conferences where he, where he called uh, Kyrgyz a bully, but I, I think really from what I've seen, I don't think that there was like such something big. I think that Tsitsipas uh, got frustrated because he was losing basically, and uh, so that tells me when when you have someone that is provoking 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 you, sorry, or you know you feel like okay the person is disrespectful. Hey, well, the, there's only one thing that you you should do, nothing. And what I mean is by you should not pay attention because it's really all about the ego. Just focus on the ball, focus on the point and on your strategy. That's when you need to be extremely clear about your game plan and on the ball. Everything that is happening, the player is hitting an uh, um, under underarm serve that is like laughing at your face. Whatever is happening, just be focused on the ball. And it doesn't matter if he or she wins points, because that's what happens. You know, you feel like I think there is a no, this notion of feeling humiliated. It doesn't matter as long as the ball is in play and it's in the limits of the court. That's all you should focus on. I know it's not easy, but you really want to do that because what happens is that when you don't react to that, actually it throws off that person because it's a strategy. And then when you, but when they see that it doesn't, it's not working on you, that's when they start to get actually agitated. That's when they get upset. And it's something that uh, Nikirio said in the in the press conference. He was he said several times about Djokovic. 
He's so composed, he's so composed. And the reason why is because, yes, Djokovic didn't move. He didn't say a word. He didn't say anything. And and Kyrgios was like, wow, you know, I really commend him because he thinks like he feels like nothing can can disturb him. He, he cannot, he can never be rattled by anything. And I think this is where you want to be. Because then the person starts to be like, oh my gosh, my tricks are not working. And that's when they actually get upset with themselves. Because they see that the their stuff is not working. So instead of getting upset, calling people bullies and um and feel and feel like you're being attacked and, and and a victim, you actually really want to to take action and to be in charge and responsible for your behavior. Of course it's it's not always great and, and I understand the frustration, but the only thing you're responsible of is your behavior, how you react to such behavior. So that's definitely something that you want to learn from that match and from, from the Titipas Kyrgios match and from the Djokovic Kyrgios match. One reacted to the um to the provocation and, and one didn't. And I although there was nothing much hap- nothing happened much in the in the final, but you could see that Djokovic was in the zone. That didn't matter what was happening, he came with one goal and nothing was, was going to be on his way. I will um I will move on that to Anjabeur. Um great player. I really like to to watch her play. I really enjoy watching her play. I think that um she's one of the most exciting players on tour. Definitely a lot of variety, exciting game and fun personality. And uh, there was a lot of expectation. She was the, the the favorite for the final. Everyone was expecting her to win and and there was so much uh, in line amid the history. She was the first African and Arab woman to to reach a, a Grand Slam final, and I and I wonder if this didn't get a bit in the way of of uh, of her. And and um, I don't know. I I she didn't mention anything. She she was very grateful for the support because she's always like so gracious. So, but I wondered, and I think that uh, one of the lessons that I want to share today is how to stay focused when you're up. What was interesting with um, Anjabeur is that she came to the match and then she was quite dominant on the first serve. She had a very clear strategy, hitting drop shots, short balls, making Rebecca come to the net and then like just pass her and then just really be uh, in charge and, and tactically. And then uh, it, it's interesting because when you listen to a press conference after the match, people ask her what happened when you won the first set and then... She said, I told myself, don't lose the second set. And that might sound, what I'm about to say might sound like, okay, psychology 101, but the brain doesn't understand the negative form. So when you say, don't lose the second set, what it actually said is, lose the second serve, uh, sorry, the second set. And I think that this is what happened with her is that, she she said that she has this tendency to uh, win the set and then not uh, being able to continue when she's when she's up uh, on the second set. And um, the tip that I want to give, I gave that tip several times before, but I I want to say it again for for those who are discovering the the podcast is that uh, a tip that my my university coach gave me that actually was very helpful. When I was playing, I had the same issue. When I was winning the first set, I was. I was even more stressed because I was like, oh my gosh, I need, I need to continue. Same as Jabeur, don't lose the second set. Don't, don't let her come back. And I, once I, I just told my coach, I said, look, when I win first set and I get very nervous, I want to 
because I really want to, to continue. And so I put more pressure on myself and et cetera, et cetera. And he said, look, what you do is that you don't play set up to six, but you play first to nine. So when you play sets, you want to come to the court where, okay, when you are six, you don't think about it. You just say, okay, first to nine, first to nine. And you continue because it's one set, three, oh. And usually when you are one set, three, oh, up, except if you're playing against the, the, the Rafas or the, of the Novaks, people just tend to give up. And, um, and there's something that, that, that has helped me a lot to, to play and, and make sure that I was very focused to, to get first to nine. And, uh, and then you can, and then if you relax a little bit, then it's okay. You, you might lose one game, but then you, you will get back into the rhythm quickly. When, whereas when it's, uh, uh, first game of the second set, 1-0, 2-0, then your opponent all of, all of a sudden said, oh, okay, I have a chance. I can, I can get back into the match. And, uh, and I think that's what happened with her. And which leads me to my, to my second point, how to find the rhythm when you're playing the right rhythm. Because what happened with Anjabeur is that on the second set, I found that she was going through the points and between points so fast. I felt like she was rushing and, uh, and she actually said that. She said that, you know, she's starting rushing uh, as well. And it, it was very, uh, it was very striking, especially, um, after this very long game when it was 2-1, uh, for Rybakina, I think for, for a long time, they play over 10 minutes and then Rybakina played, um, served an ace to, to make it to, to 3-1. And in two minutes later, it was 5-1, love 30 for Rybakina. And because, because Jabber, I think, got frustrated and then she started rushing. She was so fast. And I was just like, just slow down, slow down. Like when you are losing, and I've said that energy um, several times again, my university coach um, gave that to me. And he was saying, okay, when you guys are winning, it's like driving a car. You are on the green light when the, you're driving your car and the, the light the, the, and there's the green line. You continue. You don't stop. You are cruising. You are the right rhythm. When you start losing several points in a row, okay, that's the yellow light. You want to slow down a bit, but when you start losing games, hey, stop. This is the this is the red red light. You want to slow down. You want to change the rhythm, and that's something that Onjaba was not able to do is to to slow down the rhythm and. Because she was not able to do that, she was not able to change tactics because it felt at some point that she was stuck in a drop shot tactic. But Rybakina, after a while, she knew she's starting to anticipate to run. And next thing you know, she didn't have any solution and she, she seemed a bit more frustrated. But I think that if she would have stopped, of course, from my couch, I can talk and, and speak and... and uh, and my point is not to, to discredit Angebo. Like I said, I, I really love a game and, and a personality. But I think that we as players, sometimes we don't realize that we need to just take a breather. And I'm not saying to just do something that, again, is against the rules. No, just you have 20, 25 seconds. Take them. You have, uh, you have time between the changeovers. Take that time to regroup and to say, okay, what do I need to do? What's next? What do I need to change? Maybe I need to do something differently. And I think that if she would have maybe taken more time, I think it would have been helpful and would have helped her to, to be able to, to win um, those important points, especially in the, in the third set when she was 
uh, 3-2 down and love and she was up low, low 40 and she could have come back and yes I think he would have maybe changed the philosophy of the game but that was quite uh, interesting to see that uh, sometimes when you are stressed with the pressure and you start to rushing when actually you need to slow down. All right that's it for for today's episode I uh, again I, I just really wanted to to take um, some time to, to talk about the the tournament and, and all the mental lessons that we we can uh, we can learn from all those great champions that who were playing the finals if you like the episode again don't hesitate to share with a friend someone who needs it and until your until next time take good care of yourself thank you bye <music>